0: Welcome to the second episode of the Doors of Heritage podcast. My name is Sarah, and if you've ever had a pint at the Lot 10 or Sushi from Royal Sushi, you have visited the site of the former British North American Hotel. As we walk through the Doors of Heritage for tonight's episode, we will learn the history of the British North American Hotel, hotel owner George Bullock, and will speak with the current business owner from Lot 10.
1: Hello, my name's Cindy, and for this podcast, local historians Robert Honor and Stephanie Puget-Papak will provide an overview of the British North American Hotel. Robert is a native of Amherstburg and retired from Parks Canada at Fort Malden National Historic Site of Canada. His interests are fine arts, architecture, and heritage. Robert is an artist, a member of Amherstburg Heritage Committee, Bellevue Conservancy, and Architectural Conservancy of Ontario. Stephanie is a historian who studied history and education at the University of Windsor. Her current research examines culinary history, local history, and the history of sexuality. She works in museum curation and is a member of two historical committees. We're also honored to have the current tenant of this building, Brian Folks from Lot 10 Brewing Company.
0: The physical address of this building is 257-265 Dalhousie Street, and as stated previously, houses Lot 10 and Royal Sushi. I understand that this building was constructed around 1839-1840. Was there earlier activity at this site?
2: Yes, there was. In November of 1798, Captain Hector McLean, the commanding officer of the garrison at Amherstburg, assigned the lot to William Fleming. And his wife Archange. They housed their large family in a one-story squared timber house measuring 22 feet by 15 feet. During the War of 1812, William Fleming was a sailing master in the provincial marine and was so connected with the British military, and his house was destroyed by the Americans during their occupation of Amherstburg in 1813 and 1814. By 1834, Thomas Paxton owned the property, and on April 12, 1839, Thomas Paxton conveyed the lot to George Bullock.
0: And what do we know of George Bullock?
2: We first hear of George Bullock as Quartermaster Sergeant Bullock of the 15th Regiment in 1835. He purchased his discharge from the Army after a military service of 11 years, the last seven being here in Canada. George Bullock was known as a tavern keeper and had probably been working at a tavern prior to 1839. He is associated with Jean-Baptiste La Liberté, who owned the Liberty Hotel on Murray Street. And it is a good possibility that Sergeant Bullock had been engaged at the Liberty House. Now, there is a story that the militia used a log building on this site as their officers' mess during the Upper Canadian Rebellion of 1837 and 38 the existing building was built in 1839 1840 so it would seem that this mess building was removed when the hotel was built however it's likely that george bullock was the keeper of this inn in 1837 and that locals called it bullock's tavern his son and daughter both have left their memories
3: In the late 1830s, a man by the name of Patrick Fitzpatrick was tried and eventually hung for the rape of Bullock's young daughter. He was hung on October 9th. Although the year conflicts between 1837 and 1838, most sources say 1838. Maurice Sellers was a hired hand of Bullock and shared a room with Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick was convicted on the testimony of Bullock's daughter who stated that she recognized the voice of her attacker. Research suggests that Fitzpatrick was visiting Amosburg, but was a resident of Detroit. Fitzpatrick was in his late 20s, and during his trial, several character witnesses suggested that it could not have been him. This included his priest. He was convicted and hung. Sellers was also a witness at the trial and said that he did not hear anything of the attack. Approximately three years later, Sellers confessed on his deathbed that he was the one who attacked Bullock's daughter. Professor Emeritus Thomas Coffey, from the Department of Sociology at the University of Michigan, the Flint campus, completed research on the subject and created a documentary, Trial and Error, which was produced by WFUM-TV in the early 1980s. According to the website of the State Bar of Michigan, Fitzpatrick's case, along with another case involving a man by the name of Simmons, were the motivators for the abolishment of capital punishment in the state of Michigan. In 1846, Michigan's penalty for first-degree murder was changed from death to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Coffey suggests that Fitzpatrick's quick judgment could be related to the detest for Irish Catholic immigrants in the early 19th century. Documents do show that by 1837, Bullock was an innkeeper. It is clear, however, that any event that occurred at Bullock's Tavern in 1837 or 38 happened in a building that predates the building that is presently there today. George Bullock's son, Seth Bullock, went to South Dakota to a place called Deadwood and recently became a media celebrity when a TV show called Deadwood was made about him.
1: Wow, that's quite a story. Can you please tell us about the present hotel building that George Bullock built on the site in 1840?
2: This is one of the oldest buildings on its original location in downtown Amherstburg. We know that the Gordon House and the Park House are older, but both have been moved to their present locations. George Bullock opened this building as the British North American Hotel. An advertisement in the Western Herald in 1840 is headed, Bullock's British North American Hotel, fronting the Steamboat Wharf, Amherstburg. It goes on to assure his friends and the public that he is now enabled to afford them the best accommodations in every department of his business that can be met with in this district. And most important, the bar being entirely unconnected with the house, Teetotlers or any other class of persons can be genteelly accommodated without experiencing the least annoyance whatsoever. The oral tradition is that there was an alley or a passage cutting through the building to the stables at the rear. The open arch created two separate buildings on the ground floor, and this would certainly segregate the saloon from the general public. In 1842, the place is described as that new and splendid hotel, the British North American, situated in the front or main street of the thriving town of Amherstburg, opposite the two principal wharves and in full view of the Detroit River. The house being built purposely for a hotel is well calculated for doing an extensive building and has the best fitted-out saloon in Western Canada attached to it. There is also a well-fitted-out recess beneath the building, which would, if well attended to, do a good business. The stables are extensive and the best in the town. There is a recess or basement under the north half of the building. A photo from 1896 shows stairs leading up to the main floor of the north section, with a small basement window below. The entrance to the south section is at street level. So the saloon was likely in the north section. And a saloon was a more expensive or a nicer operation than a tavern, certainly suitable for the gentile.
1: So you say this is one of the oldest buildings in downtown Amherstburg. It looks so modern with side slider windows and aluminum siding. How can you tell? This building was constructed just at the beginning of Victoria's reign. So it
3: isn't the older British colonial genre, basically square and solid. We are not yet into the verticality of the Victorian era with the tall windows and cornices yet. The basic shape of the building is rectangular, supporting more horizontal lines with a low pitched hipped roof with narrow eaves. The original second-floor windows, which were colonial proportion, similar to the Gordon House. The windows were evenly spaced across the upper façade. When the building was modernized and the windows taken out to be replaced with side sliders and aluminum siding, curators at Fort Malvern salvaged the old windows and three were used in an exhibit at the museum. The building seems to have always had an overhanging second floor at the front, and the alley that cut through the stables has been filled in, and I believe is the hallway with the stairs leading to the apartments to the second floor.
0: You speak of modernization. What happened to the building after George Bullock? By 1842,
2: George was offering it for sale or for lease. In 1850, he leased the place to Thomas Heron Jr., who operated it as the British North American Hotel. He advertises the Eastern Stage leaving his house every day at 8 a.m. and 3 p.m., and the Lakeshore stage every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 2 p.m. By 1861, James Weber was tavern keeper, and in 1863 changed the name to the Weber House. There were also tenants, one being John Gant, a well-known black barber who occupied the basement until 1890. He was known as the professor and ran the Twilight Barbershop, Professor J. Gant, Official Barber to the Mechanic and Laborer. The south portion was rented at various times to a shoemaker, a tailor, and a lawyer. In 1890, the Thistle Lodge was a tenant, and in 1895, the Lincoln Lodge, which was the Masonic Lodge for Black persons, rented the space upstairs. In 1903, the property was sold as two parcels. John Thomas Flory purchased the South section for his grocery business, and Horatio Pickering, a tailor, purchased the North for his shop. In the 1970s, there was a major renovation with a storefront with plate glass windows and a white brick facing. DeSantis Bakery occupied the North Side. A few years ago, the front was updated again, and the white brick faced with ledge stone.
0: Thank you, Robert and Stephanie, for providing this information on the building. It's so interesting to learn the history and stories of Amherstburg. Now I'd like to introduce the business owner who currently occupies the retail space in the building. Brian Folks from Law 10 Brewing Company. Thank you for joining us, Brian. And would you like to start off by telling us a little bit about your business and its history?
4: So, Lotten Brewing Company is a family-owned and operated microbrewery located in downtown Amesburg. Uh, In September of 2018, we took over the lease of the property and began extensive renovations as the space was previously a retail store, the St. Vincent de Paul Society. While waiting for all of our government approvals, we spent our time focused on developing and refining our craft beer selection. After almost a year of renovations and approvals, we're excited to finally be opening our doors and celebrate our grand opening on June 29th of 2019. Unfortunately, with the struggles so many of us have faced during this pandemic, we have found ourselves unable to celebrate our anniversary. Uh, However, we are hopeful and looking forward to one day soon being able to do so with our community and our value customers.
0: And what was it that attracted you to locating your business in the historical space? And did you know more about the history of this building, encourage you or challenge you?
4: We always knew that this is where we wanted to be right here in our hometown and be part of the community where we all grew up. And of course, right downtown with its rich, rich history and its inviting feel. When we first walked into their current location, we knew there was a lot of work to do, but it just felt like it was going to be home for us. Uh, the location, the history of the building, the history of the downtown core made our decision to open Lot 10 Brewery at 263 WZ Street as an easy one. We spent a lot of time doing extensive research on the property so we could fully understand its uh, story and its role in our town. Uh, we wanted it to be part of who we are. Uh, if you visit Lot 10, you will see the amazing mural that was created throughout our location. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have uh, worked with a truly accomplished artist, um, also from Amherstburg, Dylan White whose interpretation of the rich history of the town and the building can be seen throughout the brewery.
1: Well, you've certainly done an amazing job with the the brewery, Brian. In these difficult times, you've alluded to this a little bit uh, with the pandemic and the business shutdowns. Can you tell us just a little bit about your experience with the residents, the business community, the Heritage Committee, the Chamber of Commerce, the Town Council, or anyone else you'd like to mention? Just let us know what what you've experienced with the town.
4: So the pandemic has been incredibly hard for all small businesses to stay ahead and continue to operate with so many restrictions in place. Uh, the support from our customers has been amazing. We could not have come this far without the support of everybody, local and far. Um, it's been pretty humbling for us to see the support that we have garnered in such a short time. Uh, we have shipped here all over the province of Ontario. Everybody supporting local. Uh, a, lot, a lot of the local committees and businesses in Amherstburg done a great job supporting uh, the buy local and pushing that message for all businesses as we all need to support our local businesses, employees, and our community right now. The town of Amherstburg has done an amazing job. When the restrictions came into place last March, the town responded quickly and in no time created the open air weekends for all the downtown businesses to be able to open their doors and have the streets walkable. I think it was a great success considering what we were all dealing with at the time. COVID has certainly been hard on all businesses, but open air weekends was what the downtown really needed. All the customers that we spoke to, they love being able to enjoy the downtown safe and social distance and just be outside.
1: That sure is encouraging to hear your experience with the town. Uh, Back to the building now, are there any structural features or historical background of your facility that you feel really add to the overall customer experience?
4: As mentioned earlier, uh, when you do visit Lot 10, um, take a minute and look at the mural that we do have on the wall. Uh, it really helps you understand the story of our building, our town and the rich history that we do have to offer right here in Amherstburg. Uh, the name Lot 10 also comes from the history of the building. Uh, here we are almost 200 years later and a building that back then was registered with the town as Lot 10 or on property Lot 10 and has the local tavern for the people of Amherstburg. Seems almost you know we've done a full circle. Two hundred years later, we thought with all the history of the building and today with the property still on Lot Ten of Dunmuzi Street, that the perfect name for the brewery would be Lot Ten Brewing Company.
1: It is indeed a perfect name. <laughs> Have you seen benefits to being in the historical district of town?
4: Yes, for sure. Uh, I think there is benefits to being in the downtown core uh, historic district. Uh, the town tourism tar- the town tourism department does an amazing job every year with bringing events to the town and creating a buzz and really spreading the word about Amherstburg from festivals and big events when we're allowed to, again, to the self-guided walking tours. Uh, we've definitely seen the effort spent pay off in foot traffic and the interest from so many people on the history of Amherstburg. Um, people are excited to visit.
0: Amazing. And is there anything unique you'd like to share with our listeners about your business?
4: So at Lockton, we currently offer 10 beers on top, uh, ranging from our staple brews to our seasonal twists. Uh, we, always, we always have something for everyone. Uh, our brewmaster, Tammy, does an amazing job. Uh, we just did a small batch release called Captain Utter Butter uh, with its rich chocolate peanut butter twist. It was a fast hit and sold out on our first weekend. We also recently acquired our own canning machine and are now offering all of our beers uh, available in cans as well as howlers and through kegs. Our tasting room does offer a full menu, as well from paninis to flatbreads, charcuterie boards to nachos. Uh, We do flight tastings. We have a sampler of four, or we have a shareable sampler for a couple, we say, as it has 10 samples on it, so you can try all of our beers. And we're all about family and supporting local. Uh, We can't wait to once more fully open back up again and have everyone come back and enjoy our beer, our local wines, our food, Play some board games, watch the entertainment, and of course, uh, we always have Pop Shop for the kids.
0: And how can people find your business online and connect with you?
4: So you can check us out online at our website, which is www.lottandbrewery.ca. Find our retail store link there where you can pre-order beer, uh, swag, gift cards, and more. Uh, We also are currently open for retail and curbside pickup on Fridays from 12 to 5 and Saturdays from 12 to 4. Uh, this is only our lockdown hours right now, so that will change once we get out of restrictions. Um, we even offer free local delivery to Amsterdam residents on Wednesdays and all of Windsor-Essex County on Saturdays uh, with a $40 minimum purchase. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at 10 Brewery or on Facebook, Ten Brewery. Uh, stay up to date with all of our current hours, any new beers, releases, and hopefully uh, get back to posting some events soon. Um, And if anybody uh, listening to the podcast uh, does hear us, uh, mention it to us when you're in for your next retail purchase, and we'll give you 15% off your next order.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Brian. And does anyone here have any questions for Brian?
2: When you were doing the renovations to open the building, did you come across anything interesting structurally or or in the
4: building from the old days? So we did find a few uh, hidden hidden gems, I guess we call it. we did find that kind of stuff between walls in the back room, the old saloon doors, um, which we have taken the doors and used them as kind of a art piece on the one wall. Uh, you'll see where we have all of our swag. You'll see the old kind uh, of doors hanging there and that's from back in the, the old saloon. Um, and we also, in one of our offices, we ripped out a wall and the old mixer from DeSante's Bakery was uh, hidden behind the wall. It was too big and too heavy. It's all made out of cast, so they had left it there for us. So few little hidden gems wow that's really interesting
2: that's kind of fun stuff to know
0: okay well and if that's all of the questions we have we want to thank our listeners for joining us today Uh, we hope that you've enjoyed learning the history of the british north american hotel building thank you to all of our guests for providing these interesting information on the building and we hope that you've enjoyed walking through the doors of heritage with us until next time